What does filmed for IMAX mean? It isn't just a movie that'll look great on IMAX's screens. It means that hiding from a sandstorm feels like fear in every flicker. And every triumph is felt in every sound wave. And the things we've only imagined, you can truly experience those too. That's what filmed for IMAX means. Get tickets to experience Dune Part 2 now and IMAX's exclusive expanded aspect ratio. Having everything rooted in this historical accuracy, but then we purposely are making the, those heels higher, more poppy, making the skirt shorter, like all of those things to again, connect us to the 2013 of it all. Oh, also they're uh, they're very high. I, I had to wear a pair when I was running around on set and oh my God, I almost broke my ankle. <laughs> Costume podcast. I'm Elizabeth Joy Glass. And I'm Spencer Williams. Hey, Elizabeth. Hey, Spencer. How's your week been? Oh, <laughs> oh, my voice is going out because my Disney adult lifestyle has caught up to me and I screamed a little too much on the Guardians ride last night. So excuse me if my voice goes in and out today. Well, I'm jealous. <laughs> I am stuck in Pennsylvania not being able to be a Disney adult, so... Well, Good you just have you. to move back out here. We bring this up every episode. Something has true. to give. This is true. <laughs> I know. I know. It is my fault. <laughs> Speaking of Disneyland and having a good time, today we have a very special guest, the wonderful, the legendary costume designer, Whitney Ann Adams. Hey, Whitney. Hi. I'm so happy to be here. Oh, we're so excited to have you. Um, if you all do not know... March is the beginning of our Catherine Martin month, and Whitney has tons of connections to the world of Baz Luhrmann and CM, so we're so excited to have you here. Oh, I can't wait to talk all things costume. <laughs> <laughs> How's it been going? You've been doing so much lately. Been very busy. I just finished a movie in North Carolina at the end of last year, uh, a period movie. So I'm very excited. And then I have a movie coming out later this month called We Have a Ghost. So I'm starting press for that. And I'm so excited for the world to finally see it. I am so excited. It comes out on February 24th on Netflix. We Have a Ghost. It has David Harbour, Jennifer Coolidge, Anthony, Anthony Mackey. I mean, Jennifer Coolidge is playing a medium. Yes. I need to see this <laughs> as soon as possible. We had an absolute <laughs> blast figuring out her costumes. She had a couple in this one and it was so much fun. <laughs> what can we expect? Lots of ghostly costumes, fun textiles, great colors. All of, I love a texture. I love a pattern. I love bright colors and really wanted to find you know, a lot of depth with all of these characters, especially in, you know, action sequences and so much is going on. And you really want to make sure that you know exactly who these people are. So I loved working with my cast to really develop their backstories and their point of views. Like they're, who are they? satorally? you know, like why do they wear what they wear? And I think my favorite was definitely working with uh, Jahi, who plays Kevin, um, and then also with David Harper, who plays our ghost, Ernest, and developing that costume was super fun. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait. I know what we will probably be watching on February 24th. And this week, we start off with the Oscar-winning The Great Gatsby. Yes. I am so excited to talk about this film. The best way... Can we call it Catherine Martin March? That sounds pretty cool. <gasps> it's Catherine. Catherine Mar Martin March. Catherine Martin March. Yes. <laughs> yes. I am so excited to jump into this. Spencer, do you want to get us started with the summary? Yeah. This week we watched The Great Gatsby. And I hadn't seen this film since it came out. So this was like a real fun treat to go backwards. I remember when this film came out, um, because I was a senior in high school and, you know, we all had to pick our one book to read and everyone was fighting to read The Great Gatsby at the time. So it was all the hype and I'm really excited. Uh, let me go. Let me give you all a summary. 
Nick Carraway, a would-be writer, arrives in 1922 New York in the search of the American dream. Nick moves in next door to millionaire Jay Gatsby and across the bay from his cousin, Daisy. Thus, Nick becomes drawn into the captivating world of the wealthy, and as he bears witness to their illusions and deceits, pens a tale of impossible love, dreams, and tragedy. And that is The Great Gatsby. That is The Great Gatsby. If you don't know what happens in The Great Gatsby, go watch it. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> the book's like, what, 100 years old? Like, <laughs> you should none, none of the information about the story we say should be a surprise to you. It's still, when I watched it this morning, I still didn't know that Gatsby dies in the end. <laughs> <laughs> that's like, that's like the whole point of the book. <laughs> I know. I've never read it. <laughs> I mean, it's been a long time since I read it, but I at least remember that much. I know. <laughs> in, I'm sorry. In working on this movie, I read the book over 40 times, so I pretty much have it wow. memorized now. <laughs> oh my goodness. What? That is a lot. That is a lot. I remember reading this in high school and like being bored by it and then I loved the movie because I was like, oh, pictures. This is a lot more interesting. <laughs> <laughs> so I cannot imagine having to read that 40 times. I mean, no one asked me to do it. I just decided that I needed to know the book backwards and forwards. Well, <laughs> so I, you got to do what you got to do yeah. for your job. <laughs> well, clearly it works because you are a part of the Academy Award winning team for The Great Gatsby. So I think... Read books, everybody, because it helps. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And let's go behind the wardrobe with director Baz Luhrmann, costume designer, and on this film, production designer, which don't know how she managed both. We have <laughs> Catherine Martin, who you will know from Moulin Rouge, for which she won in her first Oscar. Australia and quite frankly that's one of my favorite movies ever Australia <laughs> her second Oscar nomination The Get Down and Elvis for which she is currently nominated yes I've actually never seen Australia but Whitney's the one who told me about it I don't know how I never heard of it and I've still been trying to see it it hasn't happened yet but I will definitely it's definitely she... watch it I know that Elizabeth <laughs> yeah. really likes it too but I have a special <laughs> Connection to it, because that's how I met Baz and Sam, was during the promotional tour for that movie. Right. I won a uh, costume design contest and uh, won a free trip to Australia. And through, you know, I wrote a letter to her website. And then two <laughs> years later, I ended up getting hired for three weeks, which then turned into many, many years. So I feel very oh. lucky to know them. And thanks to Australia. Right. <laughs> I love that. I need to watch it. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. So today we have Whitney with us because she was a costume design assistant on The Great Gatsby. And you just told us a little bit how you got to know Baz Luhrmann and Catherine. What was it like, uh, your experience working on The Great Gatsby? Well, it was such a whirlwind. I mean, Catherine and Baz are the reason I think I'm a costume designer now. My favorite movie to this day is Moulin Rouge. I've seen it over 300 times. I was really sick in high school. And when I was in the hospital, in and out of the hospital, I watched that movie every day to keep me distracted from, you know, possibly dying and being really sick. And so that movie saved my life in more ways than one and really introduced me to this world of design. So getting to meet both of them was just, you know, complete shock to my system in general. And then getting to work for them and learn from them and just be a part of this magical world was kind of like a dream come true. I still, still can't believe it all happened. <laughs> Right. That's for sure. Uh, that's so beautiful. We've never had a costume design assistant, so to say, on the podcast. So what did that role look like? It's a little bit more different than what we're used to on the podcast. Yes, it's very an interesting title. I think because I was sort of just a jack of all trades. I mean, it was originally, I was looking through my emails and I was originally hired as the costume slash art department assistant in New York. And I was okay. only, <laughs> we were prepping in New York for five months. So I was just originally supposed to be on the prep in New York side. And then I kept getting more and more tasks and, you know, turned into 12, 15 hour days. And, you know, so I did tasks from, you know, shopping and swatching to doing coordinating type of jobs to doing uh, assistant type work. So I sort of did a little bit of everything, which is why the title sort of uh, encompasses 
all of those different things. And then I got to be in Australia for a few months for the end of prep and the beginning of filming. And then once we had lots of things designed and also I was like one of the only, there's only two Americans in Australia and they're like, you're very expensive. We love you. Please go home. <laughs> Here's your shipping container. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for everything. And, uh, and I was exhausted, you know, it'd been a year at that point that I'd been on the movie. So I, I needed to go home and, and rest. It was pretty pretty much a huge whirlwind but i'm so grateful for every moment and second i got to be a part of it you're like what you're sending me home what? Why? <laughs> I, know. <laughs> I know but i'm just grateful i even got to go to australia because i originally was not supposed to so i'm really thankful that i had those few months there to get to see filming and be on set and gatsby was my first movie i was learning so much you know and just getting to be a part of it in the capacity that i was was a huge gift so i'm very grateful for that right such a valuable experience i can't even imagine and getting into uh, what, I guess, prep was like, deciding what their version of The Great Gatsby was going to be, uh, Catherine told Forbes about the kind of New York they were looking for. She said, I don't want a nostalgic New York. I don't want sepia-toned New York. I want a New York that feels as vibrant and sexy and visceral and modern as it would have to Zelda and Fitzgerald or any of the characters in the book, which is very true. This, while you obviously know you're in the 1920s, it reads very modern, what we think of as modern. Yeah, it's fresh. It's colorful. It makes you feel most nostalgic. You want to be in that world, even though maybe on paper you might not. But you know, at the same time, <laughs> it's very alluring. That's what I love about any Baz Luhrmann or Kath Mer Catherine Martin yes. film. While the stories could be very sometimes, you know, emotional, powerful, dark even. But the colors are just so alluring about it. It makes you want to be a part of that world. And that was the first thing Baz sort of said to us when we got started. You know, this is we're not making a faithful adaptation. We needed to do all of our research and we spent months and months cultivating every single type of research from that time. But that was our foundation to then, okay, how do we alter these existing period shapes and colors to make it more modern and make it play to today's audience? So that was definitely the first uh, insight into what we were going to do on the movie as a whole. I love that. Also in an interview she did with Forbes, she talked about well, it was set in the summer of 1922, you know, the book's foreshadowing a lot. So Baz was like, you know, use the whole decade to pull from. So you were really able because it's such a diverse decade for fashion. You were able to pull from a lot of different styles just within the 1920s. Completely. I mean, it's the first sort of time the corset goes away. Bodies are freer and so much happens in the 20s. And we're able to do a lot of character storytelling. You know, Daisy's stuff is very much early 20s, whereas Jordan, the more modern woman, it's very much late 20s. So getting to place every character in their own place in the decade was super important. Yeah, I mean, um, it's it's like a real fashion history moment, just being able to see all the bias cuts or, you know, the very rectangular shape or the short hairs or the big jewelry. It's just so exciting. Um I felt like a fashion student, again, watching this film this morning, actually. <laughs> yeah, that that was actually one of the best things about doing the research for this is I felt like a fashion student again, because I'm like, oh, you get like, I feel like in school, you get like an overview of the 1920s. But like, when you really get into it, you're like, oh, my goodness, there's so much. Yeah, because um, I think from a public point of view with fashion 1920s, people are so quick to be like, oh, it's the flapper's dress, flapper's dress. And that was it. You know, just lots of fringe. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's just yes. that's such surface level. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, we really wanted to avoid that. And especially there's so many shapes from the 20s. It's not just this drop waist dress. It's the robe to steel. It's there's so many different things you can pull from. I mean, all of what love Lon Vaughn was doing and endless resources. So we had so much room to do our own interpretation for every single, you know, thing that you see on camera. I love that. I also love this quote um, from a Forbes interview she did. She said, one of the things that really interested me was in the 1920s, there was a lot of photographic record of the clothes. And for the first time in history, there are sketches and then there are photos of the actual dress. What I became really interested in was the idealization 
of the silhouette in the drawing and how they always tended to be leaner and meaner in the drawing than they were in reality, which I had never really thought of that. But I was like, yeah, in these 1920s illustrations, it's much more of our idea of a fitted garment. And then the translation is, you know, kind of bit more baggy (laughs) (laughs) definitely like you can tell that we've slimmed a lot of the silhouettes in the film truly well i am so excited to get into this film let's take a little break and when we get back we have a party to get to i can't wait yes ready to party with the great Gatsby. Yes. (laughs) I'm so excited to get into it. And one thing I was really excited to learn about was just, you know, how much of the book really played a role into this film. I mean, obviously, it's such a famous, well-known book. Everyone's read it except me, essentially. Um, So, you know, going through our research and talking to Whitney before we got into this, I was interested to learn about, you know, all the visual references you guys kind of pulled from a book in preparation before we get into the actual main characters. We got images and references from everywhere. I mean, we pulled from the Costume Institute, from the Met, from different art galleries, photography. Um, We, you know, of course, all the online searching, all of the books that exist, um, and then a lot of magazines, contemporary magazines from the era, and literally getting every single visual piece of reference because then we could focus in from there. We wanted to get everything that existed and then hone in on exactly what everyone should be wearing. But, you know, we needed a lot of costumes. I think we ended up with somewhere between 1,200 and 1,700 costumes and we made, you know, almost all of them. (laughs) So it's a lot of work. (laughs) (laughs) I was listening to an interview actually right before I jumped on where Catherine was talking about, um, the scene where Daisy and Jordan, where you first see them and, you know, the winds blowing through the curtains. And she mentioned that actually that scene, you know, again, haven't read a book, but a version of that scene happens in the book. But she was inspired by like the words from the book to actually, you know, work into the production set, but also the costumes. Does that sound familiar? Completely. I mean, what's yeah. so great about having, you know, Sam do both uh, production and costume design is that her world is so specific because she's creating both sides of it. And so, you know, we were able to really incorporate everything together. I think that's why her visuals gel so beautifully is that it all comes from her brain. <laughs> so, <Right. laughs> uh, that's, what a beautiful brain. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, getting into it. We have right off the bat just Gatsby's huge parties, which are, I think, one of the best parts of this movie. Oh, Definitely yeah. what every high schooler <laughs> I remember was trying to have their prom. <laughs> I just remember the first day that we filmed the dancing sequence in the first party. Uh, you know, we filmed in 3D, so we're all sitting at the monitor with our 3D glasses on. Wait, you- you filmed it in 3D? We Yeah, it, the movie came out in 2013 in 3D. So that was like a huge thing at the that. time. Yeah, it was all about <laughs> 3D. Uh, and so uh, we're at, like, have our 3D glasses on. And, and the funniest thing is that we didn't have the music yet. You know, we had a temp track for the right. Um, and it was the LMFAO's Party Rock Anthem. And so... <laughs> It just kept playing over and over again. And you see no. them all dancing and seeing just all of our hard work for like, you know, the past year I had been working on it and seeing everyone mm-hmm. dance for that first time together. I was just sobbing, just crying because I couldn't <laughs> believe that it was all really happening. And also it was my first movie set. I had never been in anything like that before. So it was a completely overwhelming experience in such a beautiful way. So uh, every time you hear Party Rock Anthem, I, I get a little misty. <laughs> That's so funny. That's your probably, there's probably only a handful of people that would ever say that about that song. Um, I cry, but for different reasons, because that was like the high school dance song. 
Uh, that's so funny. Um, yeah, before we get further into it, the soundtrack on this film, full of bangers. I mean, Lana yeah. Del Rey, Fergie, it's just all bangers. <laughs> I, yeah, this movie, like, it came out the perfect time because I was a senior when this came out. And, like, I tried so hard for this to be our prom theme. Everyone it wasn't, did. But Everyone I was like, did. this needs to be our prom. And it, I was, like, always, like, ah, we could have had a Gatsby prom. We could have yeah. done it. And I, got, I <laughs> on one of my last days on the movie, I got to be an extra in the first party scene. So getting to wear a dress that I helped design and jewelry that I helped design and getting the whole hair and makeup and running around with Baz mm-hmm. telling us what to do. I mean, that was pretty special. <laughs> I am so jealous right now. <laughs> also jealous because of the very special Prada collaboration that happened on this film. Catherine told Forbes, well, Baz has a friend, Mucha Prada, for suppose nearly 20 years since Romeo pushed Juliet. She has made a suit for Leo, his wedding suit. And so they had a great friendship and really challenging, active, artistic and philosophical dialogue. And just having that phrase of Baz, I don't want New York to be boring sepia in my head. Well, that boring part is my position on that. But I kept thinking of how both of them in completely different ways use the past as inspiration but then transmute it into something unexpected and something totally modern. And that's definitely what their collaboration created. Wow. I mean, how much of it was Prada, Whitney? So they created 40 looks for us. I mean, with in conjunction with us, we collaborated on 20 for the first party scene and 20 for the second party scene. And then Catherine found this uh, amazing beaded dress for Daisy that I'm sure we'll talk about later. But she found a, something from one of Mucha's uh, previous lines that then they remade and reworked into Daisy's outfit. So it was really exciting to you know, work with the artistry of Prada and their gorgeous sort of more is more attitude with all of the beads and sequins and luxurious fabrics. And when everything arrived, it was definitely an overwhelming day. (laughs) (laughs) Getting to see all the beautiful clothes in person and just how beautifully made they are. And, you know, it was a beautiful collaboration as, you know, uh, Prada and, and Baz and CM have all known each other for such a long time. So it was another great way that they got to work together and also bring the modern sense into it because we wanted the modern 2013 audience to feel like it was you were there in those party scenes. And I remember going back and watching the 70s um Gatsby, which I love too, but it, it felt so distant because it is so 70s and in influence, uh, because that's when it was made. So we wanted our version to very much feel like it the here and now. Wow. So smart. I love that. I also love how uh they did that with the shoes, which I hadn't thought of till I saw her interview with Screen Daily, where Catherine says shoes from the 20s tend to have a quite heavy heel and we're stumpy and there are and that to a modern eye looks matronly and we wanted to give the audience a sense of excitement about the period and a sense of sexiness i did not realize how fun the shoes were in this movie till i saw that quote and i was like oh now i need to go look at what the shoes were like and they are extremely modern and just fun so i love these (laughs) so designer so fashionable so edgy especially for 2013 like it's it's lots of fun and it was a long process to get those all designed i mean uh silvana the main assistant designer and cm were going back and forth with colors and designs for weeks and weeks just to get them perfectly correct um and make sure that everything fit together so beautifully and that was the biggest thing is making sure that the having everything rooted in this historical accuracy but then we purposely are making the those heels higher more poppy making the skirt shorter like all of those things to again connect us to the 2013 of it all 
Oh, also they're, uh, they're very high. I, I had to wear a pair when I was running around on set and oh my God, I almost broke my ankle. <laughs> they, I was surprised because they like, they look like they're like almost stilettos. Like they're like just barely not. I think two of our, uh, additional actors, uh, dislocated a toe or two on that. If I remember oh. properly, they were pretty, oh, no. pretty hot, but that was from, you know, 12 hours of wear on set. You know, you can't wear yeah. something that high for 12 hours without something happening. Right. I mean, and honestly, look how fun the party scenes are. There's so many people. I mean, it's bound to happen. It's well, so they, colorful. So fun. They all agreed it was worth it. And I agreed too. you know, just getting to wear those beautiful, beautiful shoes. Absolutely worth it. Right. <laughs> So you did have a lot of background actors on this movie. And I read in one of the interviews that they each had a little bio and character name. They really did. And I put together the entire binder for every single background <laughs> character in the entire we movie. Found, we found the <laughs> oh name goodness. behind a legend. That, <laughs> that was one of my last jobs in Australia was... Uh, putting together every single backstory on a single sheet. So, okay, if they were mentioned in the book, here's their name, here's the information from the book. Are they a real character from real life? Uh, if yes, then here's their bio. If not, then we made something up. And then, so that was all of the book people. And then we took this uh, amazing spread from Vanity Fair, I believe it's 1922. Uh, it's a caricature of 91 who's who of New York called a typical first night audience in New York, the scene which invariably confronts the actor. So you see all these amazing faces. So that was sort of our huge roadmap too for a lot more of the party attendees. And then you have the people from West Egg and the people from East Egg. You know, West Egg is new money. East Egg is old money. We, you know, where Tom Buchanan lives. And so creating all these different groups of people. And then you have like the um, school guys and everyone in their Yale blazers. And so every single group was accounted for and every single actor had a name. And that was super important because Baz doesn't believe in background actors. He believes in just smaller part actors. And I really love that mentality that everyone was given a job to do and everyone had a lot more creative freedom with these characters. And so you can really feel that they're not just miming or doing it and going through the motions. They have an actual part to play. And that was super important. I love that approach. I mean, it's almost like how you'd imagine someone would approach doing like eight Harry Potter films, like developing like an entire <laughs> world. Uh, Baz and you and Catherine did all that for like just one singular film. Really, like there's so much world building and you could feel like all these characters are connected and have a part to play, even if they have not a single word of dialogue, which I think is it's so impressive. I just love how he treats every single actor that is on camera. They're all important. They're all equally important, whether they're very small in the background or in the foreground. They're all equally important. And that's that's was a huge thing for me, too, as an early costume designer, just treating everyone. Everyone is equal and everyone deserves respect and, and care. And that that's been, you know, something I've taken with me my whole career. So you mentioned that you were an extra in the film running around in the party, which you've also did in Freaky, I believe, also. Yes. <laughs> so this is starting to become a thing. You're like Stan Lee or something. Well, um, look for me and we have a ghost. I believe my cameo is still in there. So <laughs> Good. Good. I am very happy about this. We're going to have to do a podcast just about Whitney Adams sightings. Um, <laughs> so what was it like wearing the clothes? And then also, um, what were some like fun pieces of yours that we might have seen throughout the film? So just getting to, you know, pick out my own dress that I was going to wear, you know, with I think the fabric of the silver dress that I wore came from, I believe, B&J in New York. And it was so fun to I remember swatching this fabric and then purchasing the fabric and then shipping the fabric <laughs> to Australia and then seeing the dress in the workroom. And then I got to wear it. How cool is that? So yeah, that I'll was take this one. Thank great. you. <laughs> uh, I'd never worn fake eyelashes before. That was the first time I wore fake eyelashes. And I had a whole wig and a flower in my wig. And it was just <laughs> out of control. Amazing. Um, and then yeah, literally the last thing uh, I'd finished with a movie and I had stayed in Australia for about a month just to hang out and rest and sightsee because I was already <laughs> until they kick you out <laughs> right well uh it was my it was my birthday and like they had me come back and we had like cake and it was a really oh. fun day and then CM is like hey could you could you make some <laughs> butterfly wings 
So I spent the next like week or so making these butterfly wings um, because she knew, you know, she knows my history with beading and I was a tailor first. And so uh, in addition to all of my design duties, I often was um, Baz and Sam's personal tailor for a lot of like their homewares and personal stuff. So she she knew what I could do. So she brought me in just to she's like, we need we need more help. There was too much to do. So, Kay, can you make these butterfly wings? I was like, sure, no problem. And I was just so excited to be useful, you know, to get to do another beautiful creation. And yeah, you can really see the the butterfly wings in the movie. And then I got to go to the New York premiere, which was so exciting. And I made my own dress from fabric from the movie. Uh, when of I course. left Australia, <laughs> they gave me my favorite lace from Solstice, um, which uh, we got. I can talk later about Solstice, but I got my favorite fabric. And I was so I was wearing a dress that I made out of my favorite fabric. And I walk into the premiere and there are my butterfly wings oh. on a model who, you know, there was all these people wearing 20s costumes and then a couple things from the movie. And there were my wings right there. So I got to talk to the model who was wearing my wings and she was so excited that she's like, you made these? And I was like, I did. <laughs> that was a nice moment. I made those. <laughs> I love that. That's so wonderful. I mean, such a great experience. I mean, you know, only a few people really know what it's like to bend on that set. So I want to be inside your head. (laughs) (laughs) I am a lucky, lucky, lucky one. (laughs) Speaking of just beautiful things, another collaboration that made this an outstanding film was the collaboration with Tiffany. And Catherine said in an interview with Fashionista, uh, how about everyone is so excited and Carrie, who plays uh, Daisy, She said, Carrie, who's usually rather sparing and very tasteful in her jewelry, was like, oh, I just want everything. She loved all the jewelry. (laughs) And I can't blame her because this movie set off so many jewelry trends of the time. Like, I can't count them. The headbands, (laughs) the statement necklaces. It was crazy. It was definitely a time just seeing it all unfold in real time as the movie came out. It it was so insane and cool to see. And yeah, just getting to stare at all that jewelry um, on set and behind the scenes. And, you know, it needed its own bodyguard. We had, I think, two Tiffany's bodyguards with the jewelry at all times. So it was, you know, pretty intense. I'd never seen anything like it before. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we weren't messing around. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not one who usually notices jewelry. It's just like my brain's just not wired that way costume wise. But this movie, I was like obsessed with all the pearls, all the jewelry. I mean, I was obsessed with the jewelry and I have no desire to love jewelry in my life. <laughs> it was so Us- good. <laughs> especially these pieces for Daisy's a party look like especially the the matching bracelets with like the the r- attachment to the rings yes. i was just like it's over the top but it's beautiful and like you don't want anything else out of this movie <laughs> no so good i'm obsessed with it <laughs> and speaking of her party look again this was a Prada design and Whitney can you tell us a little bit more about this look completely I mean it was one I can tell you it is extremely heavy because I was carrying <laughs> looks it. I was carrying Logan's fit model for a lot of her looks because we were basically the oh, same wow. size at the time and so I remember when that dress arrived and we needed to make the under slipped to go underneath it um and so you know, they draped some fabric on me and then and put that dress on. And oh boy, I got indentations in my arm, I mean, my shoulders, like immediately. And so we're like, okay, we learned something about how heavy it is and what we have to do. <laughs> Can't shift it once it stays, it stays. <laughs> That's crazy. So they just sent you the like, uh, like the chandelier, like the overlay. chandelier part. And we had several underdress options, but the way that Sam works is that she loves to have a lot of different A, B, C, D, E choices because, you know, it all depends on, you know, looking at things on camera. So you really want to, if, if Baz like, oh, I want something different, we could turn on a dime and do something else. And so, you know, we had the dresses that it came with, and then we made several other underlayers just to have different options. So that was what 
was so fun is that you know it was it was playing dress up and I got to be the one to to wear a couple of the things I got also got to be a, a mermaid and a bunch of other <laughs> I got to try on a, a bunch of different other <laughs> clothes but this one was definitely the the most exciting thing that I got to to put on my body <laughs> it, it's so What's it made out of? Exactly. If it was so heavy that you had like indentations, what is it made out of? Because I thought it was like acrylic. It's just all those stones, <laughs> but it's still extremely heavy. It, really? it, it still is extremely heavy. Yeah, I mean, like the, the indentations are still wild. in Whitney's yeah, shoulders. Yeah, still there. <laughs> uh, Twelve years later. <laughs> that it's beautiful. Is wild. The it chandelier is. dress is a top tier museum worthy costume. Yeah. It's one. Of the best we've seen on this podcast. I feel like my one costume rule them all is changing. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> more about Daisy because Daisy just has so many fantastic looks, um, especially the opening one um, that you talked a little bit about earlier, and Catherine talked about to fashionista. She said for Daisy's clothes, I got a vast majority from a fantastic lace company called Solstice. They're French and they've been around since the late 19th century. They have an enormous archive. They do work for all the big fashion houses. And I think that was fantastic about having that resource is that I could really get the kinetic, whether it was with the floral tassels on the purple dress or the fluttery skirt made of organza petals on the lace dress that you first see Daisy in. And that first dress, man, what about an entrance for a character? <laughs> that entire like two minutes when you see her and Elizabeth Debicki's character, it's so beautiful. It, I mean, it took my breath away. It's so, it's so <laughs> dazzling. And I just love the juxtaposition of, you know, Jordan's in these pajamas, you know, and uh, uh, Daisy's in a ball gown. You know, I just love that Daisy's the type of character to just rock a ball gown in the middle of the afternoon and getting to go into Solstice and pick through all of their laces was, you know, one of my favorite moments ever on a movie. <laughs> their their work was amazing. I mean, I got to be the one doing all the ordering for Solstice for this movie and just getting to talk about all the different laces and, you know, help choose different colorways. And, you know, the lace came as is. So we pulled a lot of the petals off and then we'd put them back on once we had the shape that we wanted. And that's what happened with the purple tea, tea dress all of those tassels were all over the lace in a, in a different sort of organic pattern so we pulled everything off and then put it so it would go exactly the way that we wanted it to go and but the lace is the most beautiful uh pieces I've ever seen in my whole life I mean <laughs> it's incredible they're they've been around for a long time for a reason yeah. <laughs> right <laughs> yes Absolutely. And I, I love it, especially for Daisy's character, because she's such a fragile person. You really you touch her and like she breaks. And I thought that was just such a beautiful visual for her character were those laces. Yeah, it's all mm -hmm. very light and also very vulnerable, I would say, like through her fabrics and her color palettes. Um, it's just so much storytelling through her costumes about her character. I also particularly like the one that I kind of feel like is the most different is her swimsuit visiting Gatsby ensemble. <laughs> that one, I'm like, I want this for my wardrobe. Right. <laughs> Let me tell you, that swimsuit's pretty comfortable. I got to wear that one, too. <laughs> it's really, it's super fun. I and love, this week, uh, I'm trying to remember where exactly, I think we made that robe after, out of an Gatsby. existing shawl, yes. vintage shawl. I am so I excited to talk about this film. The best it way, together with Catherine other Martin March. That sounds that pretty cool. <gasps> it's Catherine Martin. Martin, March. It has been Martin 12 March. years, so yes. I'm trying to, <laughs> trying to rack my brain a little bit. <laughs> I can't remember you remember as much as you do. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. You sound like you just did it like a year ago, so we're good. It was a good. quite formative time in my life, to be sure. I mean, I think we all remember our first, you know, big movie, and uh, it's one of those huge moments in my life <laughs> right it's <laughs> so beautiful and shout out to carrie mulligan i mean she killed this role yes oh she's killed amazing it. love love her so much she was so fabulous i'm like the 
palpable connection between like her and Leo. They had great chemistry and she's just so talented and just a wonderful person to boot. Yeah. <laughs> Someone not so wonderful <laughs> was Tom Buchanan, who just, you know, because it, it's Joel Ed Edgington, just a beautiful man. And all of his clothes, the fit on those, the fit, which I'm assuming was very intentional. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> when, when I saw this guy, I already knew. I was like, okay, well, I'm not going to trust him. Um, <laughs> <laughs> seen this movie, but I'm like, even in the back of my head, I was like, this guy's setting off red flags for me right now. Um. <laughs> well, yeah, he rolls up on a horse with a polo thing. Like, of course not. <laughs> He's very intense from the first minute you meet him. And very. like, what, yes. what I love about all of, like his color palette is all of these blues and tans, very you know, preppy, collegiate, old money. Um, his almost everything I believe is double breasted in all of his suits and, you know, just the strength and the power, like the power shoulder. It's, uh, you know, not one of these new uh, suit designs. He's very much in this old world and that's where he comes from. And I loved all of those little design touches. And we picked uh, skull and crossbones lining for all of his suits, which sort of harken to his, you know, a collegiate group that him and Nick are in and also just sort of the power and scariness of him. So that was really fun little detail. And you do see it in the movie in the uh, apartment in New York. You see him in just his vest and you can see the skull and crossbones there. Mm, I I'll have to go back because I read that in one of the articles that like he just loved that for his character. And I was like, I was looking for it when I watched the movie and I, I'll have to go back because I, I didn't see it. It is there. In the moment. It is there in the apartment scene. <laughs> one more time, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Get back to the couch. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it was a great costume for his character. I mean, again, a lot of storytelling. You didn't want to trust him. His colors are very set in his ways. And yeah, interesting guy. I don't know who my favorite character is at this point. I don't <laughs> think I have one. I trust nobody. <laughs> Someone you definitely can't trust was Gatsby himself. Uh, oh, Gatsby. Uh, Catherine told Screen Daily, evening clothes were so important for Gatsby. The parties define the world he inhabits. We had perfectly tailored suits. <laughs> Understatement. Which, yes. yeah. <laughs> Leonardo DiCaprio never looks disheveled for a second yeah, in no. this film. He's incredible in this movie, and he looks incredible in basically every single scene. I mean, even his last scene, I was like, he looks pretty good right now. Yeah, I, I getting to make all of those amazing suits for him. And actually, one of my jobs was hand carrying all of his suits on the airplane to Australia. <laughs> so oh. when I when I came to Australia, I had just four giant suitcases of suits for Leo. <laughs> Did you bring anything for yourself? Or? Just a tiny suitcase <laughs> of my stuff. But all of our suits, um, everything was made by Brooks Brothers. Um, and then all of our principal suits was made by um, Martin Greenfield's in New York via Brooks Brothers. And so uh, Brooks Brothers was a contemporary of Fitzgerald. And, you know, he mentions them in a lot of his writing and he was one of their biggest customers. So getting to work with the company that Fitzgerald himself worked with and used was pretty exciting. And we got to dive into their archives and look through every single piece of history that they had. And then they made all of our suits for us. So it was such an amazing collaboration and getting to talk with them and listen to their history and see all those things that most people don't get to see was really fun. Wow, that's so awesome. I specifically like this one suit he wears, this pink suit. I believe it's in a more daytime scene maybe it's like a just nice dinner but that pink looks so good on him and just the fabric i really want to touch the fabric <laughs> it's a really beautiful linen and you know we did a workshop of the movie um in 2010 uh, with just leo and toby and we made three different pink suits i believe two or three pink suits for that just to start 
the process of what color is right, what type of fabric is right. And both those were the wrong pink. And then we went and we did a, another workshop, I believe it was in April, May, 2011. Um, so like six months before we started shooting, we're just trying to get the right colors on him and, and actually make full suits. And I think we met, ended up making four or five different pink suits before we landed on in our, you know, one of our fittings in Australia that this was the exact one, but it was a whole long process to, because the pink suit is mentioned in the book. And so it's a very important plot point too, especially Tom mentions it in the script. Like he wears a pink suit for Christ's sake. So it has to be this sort of pompous <laughs> new money, such a different, you know, he's the opposite of who Tom is. And so the pink suit was extremely important to get right. So it was a lot of tinkering over a year to figure out what it actually was going to end up being. I love that. I love that. Um, <laughs> one of my favorite characters... Oh, man. In this whole movie. And Spencer, I think she was one of your favorite characters, too. Absolutely. My favorite character was for sure Jordan, played by Elizabeth DeBecky. I did not know she was in this. She looks amazing every single scene. Even what Whitney called her pajamas. I was like, wow, those are spectacular. <laughs> I, I cannot I believe that. I didn't realize we, they were supposed to be pajamas. I did either. not know that either. She just <laughs> looks to me at a 12 at all times in this film. <laughs> I just can't get over her looks. I mean, what was it like working with her on her character? She's so wonderful. Like, I loved her. And I, I think Jordan's my favorite character, too. Like, I'm a golfer. Like, my whole previous life in growing up was I was captain of my golf team. Golf was my whole life. And so I feel this affinity to Jordan, the golfer. And so it was really fun to talk to Elizabeth about golfing and she had a golf coach and, you know, working on her swing. And then this sort of modern woman in the twenties, you know, all of her stuff is very much more heavily in the later part of the decade. So there's these amazing pajamas, which we got a lot of vintage twenties pajamas to model these off, um, off of. And, uh, I have a set of my own. I just think twenties and thirties pajamas are like the coolest thing ever, but they really came (laughs) into prevalence in the late twenties, early thirties. And so that's her sort of modern, uh, eye to everything. And I love, love her party dress, this whole beaded collar that was from Solstice and they had an existing colorway and we had them bead this specifically for us with our colorway to make this piece happen so it was pretty cool oh wow it is fantastic i just i sat up in bed i was like oh what are we watching this is really really good (laughs) um yeah i mean she is just so amazing and she's killing it right now she's gonna be in guardians coming up again um she's in the crown right now killing it i mean she's just killing it right now so I'm just a super fan at the moment. <laughs> and she, you know, she was so awesome working with them. And, you know, I, I am so excited to see her do so well. I think this was one of her first roles, if not her first role. And yeah, she was, she was so wonderful and amazing then. So it's just been fun to see her rise and, and success. Another scene I thought that was really interesting. You know, this film was so vibrant and colorful. But then when we drive through the Valley of Ashes, everything's very dark and gray, um, you know, depressing so i was wondering whitney you know what was it like working on that part of film because it's all super high contrast vibrancy they get to the valley of ashes and almost felt like it could be a different movie which i also think it's genius when you see their cars drive through and it's almost like you see the majority of the movie you know drive through the valley at that moment um and except for um the mistress as well too where she wore lots of color what was it like working on that part of film I think the thing that's so interesting is this high juxtaposition between the wealthy, all the wealthy people you see throughout the movie. And then, you know, it's such a small portion of who actually lived in New York at the time. So that's, I think, one of the biggest critiques of this, you know, what Fitzgerald is doing is critiquing like these, you know, fluffy rich people. What are they complaining about? You know, right? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and so you get to really see the real world as it is around them and sort of the, the greatness and the groundedness of that world. And, you know, Myrtle's character is very aspirational and she's the one who probably differs the most from the book. In the book, I remember her first dress is supposed to be brown. uh, And 
you know, I would know because I pulled every visual reference out of the book <laughs> in a spreadsheet. <laughs> um, and so this was a big departure from one of the few, you know, c- color choices mentioned in the book because, you know, even her makeup is very much modeled after the silent stars of the era. And, you know, she's trying to dress above her station. And a lot of that has to do with her, you know, affair with Tom. And then you see the rest of the people in the Valley of the Ashes and that's, you know, workers who are, you know, uh, shoveling coal and the sort of real life New York City. And so it was fun to get to create that world because it feels so separate from the party scenes. And, you know, I love 1920s daywear. So getting to um, I got to do a bunch of like initial designing of you know pulling fabrics that we had and figuring out and you know sending them to cm and then she would you know change style lines and do this and and then you know i'd go back and revise and then we'd send it to the workroom and it was just a really cool process right it's such an interesting process and you know i really do appreciate that part of the film that really you know gets back to the deeper meaning of the story the novel and what this film is trying to say you know, you work with a lot of great actors and actresses on this film. I know you probably can't say too much, but, you know, what was it like collaborating with, I don't know, Leonardo DiCaprio, um, Tobey <laughs> Maguire? I mean, there's some really cool people here. I know. I couldn't believe it. And they were all so wonderful. I mean, I, I have no, nothing but amazing things to say about all of them. I mean, everyone was so fun to watch work. I mean, Leo is one of the most crazy, uh, incredible actors uh, ever and getting to see him work on stage in real life was so exciting and he's so good at what he does and he can nail a take on the first take and they were all just so fun to get to know and like oh you're real people in real life and I remember my you know I did like pin something I, I took all their measurements so that was you know being a tailor I was the person who took everyone's measurements as well and sent the, all of the measurements down to the workroom in Australia because we were a really tiny team in New York for the first you know the New York team costume wise I think there was four of us total wow. so, <laughs> uh, it was really you know tight and we were doing everything all of us were doing everything and so uh, it was fun and the actors came in for these workshops so we got to meet them well before we even started filming. So it was great to start this dialogue beginning in September, 2010. Uh, and then we didn't start filming until September, 2011. So the whole year that we'd, wow. we'd been working together. So that was really fun. Whitney Spencer, are you ready to play our favorite game? You know it. Yes. I'm actually super ready. <laughs> yes. <laughs> The one costume to rule them all. I will go first. I actually have been switching back and forth all morning. Um, Originally, I went with Jordan's black party look, but then I switched to the pajama look. (laughs) But then when Whitney talked about it, I went back to her party look with the beaded (laughs) necklace collar. It's just... (laughs) So beautiful, so gorgeous. She just looks incredible. And I'm obsessed with that fabric you were talking about. Just everything about it is a 12 to me. It's just top tier. I love that dress. And plus, I know you two probably are going to pick some Daisy looks. So I had to give one for my girl, Jordan. (laughs) Uh, Spencer, you are absolutely right. I chose Daisy's first look, that peddly dress just because like that scene is so beautiful it's like the perfect balance between Catherine's you know set design and the costume design is just all like fluttery and it tells you like everything you need to know about Daisy right away it's like she is this young woman raised with the Victorian morals so she's not exactly you know <laughs> a strong independent woman of the time but she is trying to enjoy all the new freedoms that she is gaining and she's just this fragile person who really just wants to sit around in a beautiful dress <laughs> and do beautiful things and i just think it is so perfect for her it's <laughs> a good choice whitney it is your turn what is your one costume to rule them all Well, this was extremely hard since, you know, I helped uh, work on pretty much every costume that you see in this movie. But um, (laughs) 
I think just for the sheer joy of getting to put this dress on uh, and just how insane it felt and, and looks is, is uh, Daisy's party dress. Um, yeah. That, you know, was a collaboration between CM and Prada. And I love everything that we designed and created. Um, but this was so much fun to wear. Just extravagant and wild. <laughs> it is wild. And like just seeing it on a film, like, you know, it, it looks beautiful. It's one of the best costumes you see throughout the film. But like talking to you and getting a Baxter behind it, knowing how heavy it is. I mean, this is just an incredible piece. I, it's amazing. With that, that was amazing, Whitney. What? So looking back now, it's been a while since you've even seen the film you're telling me. I mean, how does it feel to travel back in time and see all your work. I'm so nostalgic. I think it's it's definitely wild to see. It's been years and years since I last saw the movie and you know just remembering that year in my life and how this movie changed my life in such a huge way. The fact that Baz and CM took a chance on me with zero film experience and you know hired me for 3 weeks which turned into many years and so I'm so grateful for them and I always you know, will be, and I adore them so much. And, and so it was just fun to go back and, and, you know, relive all of those experiences and moments. So that was really fun for me. And, you know, I'm so excited for Sam to be nominated this year for Elvis, which I thought it was just so incredible. And she, you know, knocked it, knocked it out of the park. And I'm um, thinking back to our Oscar night for Gatsby. And I was altered her dress, her Prada dress uh, that she wore to the Oscars. And I, remember staying up all night and I think I finished it 10 minutes before she had to walk out onto the red carpet. <laughs> that is insane. I, <laughs> and so, yeah. so I was completely delirious when, uh, you know, we won and, you know, the celebration afterward, uh, you know, one of the best nights that I remember. <laughs> I think I slept till 6 p.m. that later that day. <laughs> so tired. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't do well sewing under pressure. I can't imagine that kind of pressure, especially when there was a good chance she was going to walk away with a Cammy <laughs> Ward in a couple hours. So. I was like, I just have to finish it. There is no ifs, ands, or buts. It just has to get done. You know, any anything for CM, anything for for them, uh, I adore them. So I'm really happy to talk about uh, this chapter of our lives. <laughs> and we were so happy to have you as a special guest host this week. It was so fun. We love talking to you. Yes. Thank you for joining us for kicking off our Catherine Martin month. It's, we love you, Whitney. Thank you. Oh, love you guys. Thank you <laughs> yes. so much for having me. I will come back any time. I love talking every costume with you guys. <laughs> yeah. Well, be careful what you ask for. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, Elizabeth. Let's get into next week. Well, a couple weeks from now. <laughs> yes. Two weeks from now. Right. Yes. Uh, That's we, our new schedule. <laughs> to keep up with the Catherine Martin theme... We are watching Elvis, but we are also being joined by another special guest for this episode. <laughs> I just got chills just actually saying that out loud. <laughs> Elizabeth, do you want to tell everyone who will be here? So excited. Catherine Martin will be joining us to talk about her new newest film, Elvis, and her Oscar nomination. I am so, so excited. I have to admit, I'm a little scared. <laughs> yeah. Don't be scared. Yeah. Don't be scared. She's the best. <laughs> she is the best. That's why we're scared. <laughs> but it's going to be fun. I mean, I mean, I have enough questions to keep her here for two weeks, but we will make it a great episode, I'm sure. Um, very excited. If you all enjoyed this week's episode, though, and want to tell us what your one costume rule of them all was, we have our voicemail, 626-515-1826. Tell us what your favorite costume was. It probably was a chandelier dress. That's cool. We still want to hear your thoughts. Leave us a voicemail. We don't answer the phone, so remember that. Um, and you could also email us at the Art of Costume Blogcast at gmail.com. Send in your messages, and we'll read them on the podcast. Yes, and if you're missing our content in between episodes... You can follow us at the Art of Costume pod on Instagram, at the Art of Costume on TikTok. If you want a little like cozy sweatshirt for these winter days, you can get a, the Art of Costume broadcast sweatshirt or shirt or whatever you like at theartofcostume.com slash pod store. And if you love us, 
please leave us a little five-star text review on Apple Podcast. That is always greatly appreciated. And don't forget to follow Whitney on Instagram. Whitney, yes. what is your Instagram handle? I am WAA Costume Design on Instagram. And I'm about to be sharing all the behind the scenes for We Have a Ghost leading up to our premiere. So yes. come Yay. Join in the fun. You have to see We Have a Ghost. It'll be on Netflix on February 24th. Am I correct? Yep. That's, that's it. I cannot wait. This was such a joy to make uh, with uh, my favorite person, director, writer, Christopher Landon, um, our fourth collaboration together. So I can't wait for everyone to see it. I'm so excited. It sounds like Whitney might even have a quick second in the film, too. So look out for that, too. Yes. Look <laughs> look out for me. I, I won't know until I see the movie, but I'm pretty sure I'm, I'm still in there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Whitney. And thank you, everyone, for listening. We'll see you soon. The Art of Costume blogcast is hosted and produced by Elizabeth Joy Glass and Spencer Williams. Our audio engineering and editing is done by Dan White. Follow us on Instagram at the Art of Costume Pod or visit theartofcostumeblogcast.com for all blogcast updates. If you want to support the show, go to theartofcostume.com slash podstore. For more costume reviews, deep dives, and interviews, head over to theartofcostume.com, a blog dedicated to highlighting the best in costume design. And this episode is fully about the party lifestyle in many ways. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we have oh, a no. very special... <laughs> what? <laughs> we have a very special... Oh, did I... oh, no. <laughs> Am I here now? Hello? You back? I think so. Okay. Dang, I just like fully introduced Whitney. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <trying> no. <laughs> <laughs> okay.